Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. All right, welcome to the most important class of all time. Yes, about as real as that, real as that. So here's what we're gonna do. We are going to, for three months, cover my favorite book of all time. I'm gonna record every single class because I want to give you every secret and detail of this book, plus, what I know from it, both applicably, what I've applied in my own life, plus the fact I've been reading this book since October 2008. Okay? Twice a year. This is my favorite book. If you put a gun to my head and say I can never read another book again but one, it would be Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Okay, this is my favorite book of all time. Not because of entertainment, because this made me every single thing that I am today. 
is giving me my high level of awareness, and this made me a whole lot of money. Right. Yes. Now, so let's let's talk about the religious side for a second. Well, you know, shouldn't you want the Bible? The you know, if that's the only book you got to read. Guess what? If you like biblical principles, or if you like the principles of the Bible, it's inside of Think and Grow Rich. It truly, truly, truly is. Does that make sense? Very powerful. So here's how this class is going to work. I am going to openly let you talk. And I'm going to let you say something. And I'm going to say something at a high level of awareness when you're done. And then I'm going to break out some stuff that you didn't even think of. Then we're going to talk about your life. Then we're going to talk about my life. For three months, you are to gain this entire book. We are not dissecting anything greater than what we've done this, this way. Here in this room, we got three CEOs, okay, plus more. We have people <coughs> with degrees from, from what is Texas A&M? That's not Ivy League. What would you call that? It's Division One. Well, still a prestigious college, Texas A&M, right? You get it. We have this lady that has two master's degrees. I don't know why anybody would do that to themselves. Three, if you count one that she helped somebody else out with. We won't get into that. How many bachelors do you have? She, she, just, just, she just one. She said, you know, I was testing out this school thing with my bachelors. I just got one. But when I liked it, I got two masters. You, you get it? You guys are great. And being of the great or in your greatness, we need to talk about this book. This book is amazing. Let's do a little introduction in which I'll talk for a few minutes, and then I'll open it up. Why is this book amazing? Let me tell you why. In 2008, let's back up a little bit more. In 2000, I joined the United States Army. In 2004, I got out of the United States Army. In 2004, I was a loser. Yes. See how fast that was? Army. I was a winner in the Army, but a loser in life. I fit very well in the Army. I did great. I shot 40 for 40. I ran two miles under 12 minutes. I maxed out my PT test. I finished a 12-hour ruck march, or a backpack, what you would call it, in three hours, two hours and 55 minutes. I qualified for the expert infantry badge, even though I was military intelligence. I wasn't able to wear it, but because I was non-combat, however, I was the military intelligence for scouts and infantry. I stayed in the field three and a half years or four years. I was number one in my class <coughs> in graduation. I was number one in everything I did, literally, in the Army, and I was a loser at life. In the Army, I was awesome. If you took me out the field, I was terrible. I was one of those people that was a great soldier but a sorry person. Now, what about you? Surely you didn't think I was just talking about me the whole time. Right? That would just be insane for me to do such. You can literally be good at your job but suck at life. You can be good at credit but terrible at life. Go ahead. No, that's me like okay. when it comes to associating with people, talking to people, <coughs> being at work, being in the right. sales position, I'm great. Right. But when I get home, I'm the worst person on the planet. <laughs> yeah, right? That, that, that's fair. Mm -hmm. That's fair. I know good leaders who are terrible husbands. Good, good, good female bosses who are terrible wives. So think and grow rich covers all that. 
not just your profession, but also you as a person. Very important. 2006, 2005, I was still a loser. 2006, I was still a loser. Then I decided to change. About January 2006, I wanted a bit more than what I had. I didn't know why. I just felt it on the inside. You know, all this potential, but I'm not doing anything with it. You ever been there before? Isn't that painful to know everybody thinks highly of you, but you secretly know you're underachieving on a great level? That Think and Grow Rich covers that. Okay, oh, we're going to get real for the next three months. This, this book. <laughs> yes, this book. Oh, you're so smart. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I secretly have low self-esteem. You think I'm pretty. Secretly think I, I hate myself. I literally tried to commit suicide three months ago. As a matter of fact, if somebody can just take me out of here, I really appreciate that. So I don't have to do it myself. You ever been there? Let's say move on, right? You ever, you've been there before? That's it. This book covers all that. <clears throat> I'll, I'll show you on in a little bit. 2006, so I changed it. 2007, 2008, Hurricane Ike, since I'm from Galveston, Texas, came through and just like urinated all over the place and called it rainwater. It's just terrible. It's just everywhere. And then I'm sitting outside. <clears throat> and my girlfriend at the time, who would later become a wife, is eight months pregnant. It's cold outside because it's October now. And we're waiting in what you call FEMA lines just to eat. And <clears throat> this one morning, <clears throat> we get there at midnight because you had to. Because the lines will open up about 7 or 9. I'm not sure which one because nobody ever knew actually. It was 7 sometimes. It was 9 sometimes. It was 8 sometimes. So, but you had to be there. But we figured out within days that first off, FEMA came like three weeks late. Well, a little bit better than Rita, but a little bit better than, way better than Katrina, but still late nonetheless. Then it's cold one day. 12 o'clock in the morning, I forget, the, we don't have chairs. We don't have anything. And we stand up, literally. She's eight months pregnant, so I don't know how we did it. And then it's cold, and we're freezing, so we kind of warmed up with the rest of the family. Eight months pregnant. And then she, by six in the morning, gets hot, because it's Texas. Right? Hashtag Texas. You know? <laughs> so it's like 40 degrees at night, and then it warms up to 70 degrees. That's a 30-degree difference. That's sweating happening now. I'm looking at this, and I see her, pain on her face, feet swollen. She's taking all this pain. I look at her. And you know how you look at women, especially women. Women do this very well. And they're holding back pain mm -hmm. to make the man feel good. Yeah. Does that, <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I don't want to make him feel less of a man, so I'll just take this unnecessary pain. And I see that. And I promised myself that day, I'll never go through this again. <clears throat> so I got up, went out, and I remember this guy was about real estate, and I called him. He said, hey, man, yeah, man, come to this meeting. It was, it was at the, is it Crown Plaza? No, Plaza Hotel. Is Plaza Hotel, is that about right? Crown Plaza. Crown Plaza, Crown Plaza Hotel off of 59 and Beechnut area. No, 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 not 59. 50, uh, 59 and Fundering. 59 and Fungeon area, okay? 59 and Fungeon in Houston, yes, in Houston, Texas, right by Sharpstown Mall, if you're from Houston area, okay? 59 and Fungeon. And I go there for this meeting. <clears throat> Scrap up some gas money. And we still have our cars, and we parked it up real high. 
And so it wouldn't be, and that's the only thing we had. Then I attached myself to the head of this meeting. I said, listen, sir, I work for you for free, please. I cannot go back to what I just came from. I got nothing. I have a baby on the way. Can't go back. Then he pisses me off. I can't say it any other way. He says, I don't believe you. Wait, wait a minute now. Now, wait a minute. First off, I'm a grown man. I just begged you to help me, and I even said for free. You going to disrespect me like that? You, you understand what I'm saying? He says, you got to show me. We have a conference in Dallas. I'm sure it was Dallas. It was Dallas or Austin. I'm sure it was Dallas. I have a conference in Dallas. <clears throat> now, go to the conference in Dallas, and then I'll believe you. So, <clears throat> I go to the ATM, and I withdraw $300. The problem was, I only had $50 left. So I obviously go in overdraft, but I wanted it that bad. And so I go up there, but I can't afford the hotel because it takes about $120 to get gas to get up and back. Then, as I'm getting the gas to the up and the back, I'm sleeping in the car the whole time. And I brought two changes of shirts. That's it. Same pants, two changes of shirts. So I get them, get them shirts. I change the shirts. And then I'm sitting there, and by the third day, I'm, I'm smelling like mildew, right? Because it's cause hashtag Texas again. It's cold at night. And then it's, you understand, okay? So, yeah, hey, Texas rains again. Does that make sense? You know, Texas is real good for raining on your parade. That's Texas for you. So, here's what happens. I go through this, and he introduces me to a book called Think and grow rich yes yes think and grow rich is the book he introduces me to audio book i get it and on the way home i'm listening to it and it changed my life forever it literally made sense to me you you, you come on it literally made sense to me that i can think my way out of problems because i'm in dallas and i'm broke and somehow i got here so if I can get to Dallas, 400 miles away from Galveston, what else can I do? Now let's talk. <clears throat> so we've read chapter one and the prologue and the preface of the Think and Grow Rich, the landmark, I mean, the 21st century version. It's same book. It's just been updated a little bit for you to understand some people. Okay. Let's go. <clears throat> Let's go. What we got? Give it to me, and we'll explain. You got to talk loud. To... Wait, wait, wait. That's not going to work for me. Do me a favor. I need you to cut on the microphones, because I want everybody to hear. I want the recording to hear. Let's work it out. You can get the microphones. All right, so Think and Grow Rich. This is, this is the versions Greatest book on planet Earth. Okay, let's see what we got. You got it real quick? All right, go ahead, talk. <laughs> talk and use this. Go ahead. Okay, so author's preface to original edition. The part where it says, um, then he sat, he sat back, that part, 
Um, I highlighted, watched carefully to see if I had brains enough to understand the full significance of what he said to me. And when he saw that I had grasped the idea, he asked if I would be willing to spend 20 years of work preparing myself to take it to the world. So after watch carefully, I highlighted, make sure you have an understanding. And then where it says be willing to spend 20 years, I put make the decision and don't stop. Okay, so... Who told him to uh, do 20? Who is the t- guy doing 20 years? So, Andrew um, Carnegie. Okay. Carnegie yeah. told Napoleon Hill. Right. That's going to take him 20, 20 years to do this uh, survey or experience. There you go. Of making and growing rich. First millionaire planner, pretty much billionaire, really, if you do it in inflation to our time. He sits down and he researches what we now call the Carnegie Secrets. Plus everybody else, all these billionaires and millionaires, about what, how they got successful. Okay, what else we got? What else? Even even here, that's fine. I, I think. She, no, go go. Yes. The second page of the first preface, I underlined. It's in the second paragraph, and it says that the formula will work. For all who are ready for it, and then if I skip down a little bit, it says provided you know what you want. And what struck me was he starts in the very beginning, even before you get into getting into chapter one, letting you know that if your mind isn't open, you aren't focused on what exactly it is you want, then the secret won't really be you won't really see it. You know? Absolutely. And I kind of thought like you spent almost a year, maybe two years. Preparing us to be able to receive this secret, you know. Right, right. Once I got through this first page, the first five paragraphs, like a year ago, I wouldn't have received any of this. I would have been like, "This is buffoonery." <laughs> but, you know, yeah. reading that, it really sets you up. Like, get ready, you know, to be able to receive what what each chapter has. So that's powerful. Amazing. No, no, that's super powerful. Thank you. So she let's let's recap. She understands that we've been talking about a secret, and she is a second year student. And she has 50 master's degrees and she understands that I have been prepping us for a long or you guys for a long time on this issue. Correct. All right. Hold on. There we go. So now let's see if we can work this out. There's a few things that we can talk about that is very key in this particular case. She first said, I wouldn't receive like none of this two years ago. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So for the next three months, your lives will be changed. And what you do with it is up to you. Whether you receive it, that's up to you. That has nothing to do with me. But I will give you every bit of it. First off, you have to be open to what you're not open to. Why? So let's talk about it. Examine your life right now. Examine it. If you are not living your dreams, if you are not, if you don't like it, if you're in poverty, which which you are, you have done it your way, which is without 
using what is called infinite intelligence. It is without thinking prosperous. You have thought your way and it didn't work. And only poor people will continue to do what they think is right and stay poor because poor people take all day to make a decision and when they finally make it they quit as soon as something comes up does that make sense rich people are the exact opposite they make decisions immediately and they never quit you see the difference? Mm-hmm. Now, go ahead, please. Uh, well, since you said that last part, I wanted to uh, say something about one of the editor's comments. Okay, uh, I'll walk back version. there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And in the editor's comment, he speaks of, in the editor's comment, uh, Napoleon speaks of the fact that when Andrew asked him to do this uh, project, it took him 26 seconds. 29 seconds, 29 I think. seconds to respond. And, and, and Andrew's response was good because if it would have took you 60 seconds, I went to somebody else. Okay. Which is saying the, the, not only the power of a quick decision, but the power of making a quick decision with a burning desire. Okay, so that's coming up. Yeah, so he's he's read a little bit. He's he's in like chapter two somewhere. <laughs> and burning desires, Charlie. They were like burning desire. I haven't. That's because he's in chapter two, <laughs> which uh, which in the original version is chapter three. Now, great point. Let's talk about. It. Let's open it up. Andrew Carnegie says, "If you took a minute, I would have rescinded my offer." And then he tells you why. Because anyone who cannot make a decision with all the information, yeah. paraphrasing, can't handle the job. Now, I will, we'll break that down. So what is that? Why do you think he did this? Actually, how many of you think that's mean? Okay. There you go. If I would have, with my Lower level mind, uh-huh. I would have thought that was me. How long goes this lower level mind for me? Or do you still have it? Oh, no, I don't still have it. So how long goes that? It was last year. Okay. Um, but with my new level of awareness, I completely understand. Because you always tell us, be <clears throat> And when I read that and when I heard him say that, I was like, okay, I understand why. Because in all my life, Anytime it took me forever to make a decision to do something, I never carried it out. That's that's definitely one. That, yeah. So, anytime it took her forever to do something, make a decision, she never carried it out. Facts. That's actually the side effect of indecision. I'll tell you why that happened. I'll tell you the cause of it. But you're right. Anybody who is indecisive will quit. Period. One hundred percent of the time. But that's the side effect of being indecisive. I'll tell you the root of it. What else we got? Or would you like, you look like you want to know it now? Okay, she wants to know it now. You, you got some, everybody wants to know it now. There are two roads, just two. There's a road to prosperity. There's a road to poverty. Indecision only exists 
on the road to poverty. So when you are indecisive, you are on the road to poverty, dealing with poverty people, planting poverty seeds, reaping a poverty harvest, lying to yourself, convincing yourself that this poverty is prosperity. I did okay. I showed up. Well, I did the best I could. So poverty has a language. Indecision is at the heart of that language. So had Andrew Carnegie saw that he was on the road to poverty, there's nothing he could have did about that. And you can't, I'm gonna teach you for 20 years about prosperity. And I'm gonna put you in a prosperous life. But you can't have that on the road to poverty. Why? Because it's two different roads and they go in different directions. And they're not in the same geographical location at all. This is correct. So if you are indecisive, I automatically know you're poor and I know every problem that you have. If you can't make a decision, I can tell you everything about you because it, I got you because indecisive people, there's a harvest for that. There is it's I'm a man. You can tell me every body part that I have. It's not that you're judging me. Men have side effects of being men. Does this make sense? All right, so if you're on a road to poverty, I can tell you everything about you. Because the road to poverty has a lifestyle, a harvest, and a culture. And if you're indecisive, you fit that culture. First off, you're an employee immediately. Secondly, you're a victim. You never take responsibility for your actions. It's always someone else's fault. Okay, you had something. Here, come uh, come I have to my a question. Okay. Is it fair to say, hypothetically speaking, I guess, mm -hmm. is it fair to say if it takes a person 60 seconds to make a decision, that means they don't, they don't want to do that? Negative. That's, that's, that is a poverty way of thinking about this truth. It has nothing to do with not wanting to do that, because if you didn't want to do it and you were decisive, you would have said no. See what, okay, let me, let me explain this very well. There's winning, there's losing, there's prosperity, there's poverty. It's yes or it's no if you're a winner, period. If it's anything else, it is in this road to poverty. And since I'm too afraid to say no, I'm coming up with anything else to say. Over, I don't have a problem saying no. I will tell you no right now. And if you feel angry about me telling you no, that's not my seed, that is yours. I'm not going to say no rudely, but I understand that there's winning going on over here. And I'm only doing what is winning. And even though you may be having a winning solution, that is not winning that serves me. Me... And your winning formula, and that ain't what I'm trying to do with my life, is no longer winning if I dedicate my life to your winning because now I'm losing and helping you win only. You can help people win, you have to win also. 
If you're only helping people win and you're losing, you're being used or you're being leveraged or you just have low self-esteem. Either way, no. The answer to that question is no. Here's why it's no concisely. It is no concisely because if it was no, it wouldn't have took you 60 seconds to tell me no. Does that make sense? But you would, why not? Nah, I just ain't want to do this. Now you're proving to me that you are in poverty because you can't own up to the fact that it took you 60 seconds to say no. Now it has to be something external. It's not your fault. Losing has a dialogue. Winning has a dialogue. And people will disagree with me simply because we have a language barrier. So Ms. Clark said earlier, I wouldn't even accept it half of what this book was saying because she identified with the fact that she was not in prosperity or have a prosperity mind. Does that make sense? So watch this here. Here's something more important about this 29 seconds and this 60 seconds. Napoleon Hill had all the facts and all the information. There's no reason to be indecisive with all the facts and all the information. This is the this is the most, see, most concise answer to your question. I answered your question in three different levels because it's a room full of people. So I went surface, middle. Here is what is winning and what is period, what will never change. When you have all of this, when you have all the information, when you have all the facts, you make a decision. When you cannot make a decision, that's not you being indecisive. That's you in fear. And if you're afraid to make a decision, you will also be afraid to move forward. And this is why people, this is why people who are indecisive fail, because when an obstacle comes, they're too afraid to move past that obstacle. But there is nothing in prosperity that will not come to you first in pain. In order to get to prosperity, you must first be hit with pain. An example I love to use, you cannot give chop. It would say. I said wowzers. Yeah. <laughs> Real time, yeah. In order for you to get to prosperity, you must go through pain. A lovely example I love to use, you cannot give childbirth comfortably. You will not give birth to a child and not bleed. Neither will you give birth to your dreams and not bleed. So if you have all the information and you have all the facts and you still can't make a decision, you are on the road to poverty and you cannot have prosperity in poverty. Period. Oh, I got some good times in here. Yeah. You have good times as a loser. But you're still losing. This is, this is the truth of it. Okay, what else we got? You got something? Uh, you made a statement about failure. Page five. Um, it's called Three Feet from Gold. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a one, true story. One of the most common causes of failure. You, use the mic for me so they can hear you. One of the most common causes of failure is the habit of quitting when mm. one is overtaken by temporary mm. defeat. 
Every person is guilty of this mistake at one time or another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. It's so much there. Go ahead. Here you go. So that indecisiveness. Uh-huh. This is where this comes up. Um, Raise your voice just a little bit. My, I started my company in 2009. Every time it got to a point where there's a defeat, where I clashed with a client, where nothing went my way, I backed out of it. And I actually got to a point where I told myself I was shutting down my company completely. Okay, so let me make a short comment here. Conflict happened, you ran. Mm-hmm. But you cannot be victorious on the battlefield afraid of conflict. Mm-hmm. You can't fly on an airplane afraid of turbulence. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you cannot win at life afraid to bleed on earth. You cannot. But watch it. It's very short coming. I'm going to let somebody else get ready. Because we only talk about this though. Don't, don't go nowhere else. Because this is, this is a lot. Not only that, you quit because somebody else had a problem with you or a problem period. Think about this for a second. Think about how insane that is. Think about, oh, you have a problem. Forget me and my child. I quit. Your problem is bigger than my family. Make sense? Oh, we're having an argument. Don't worry about it. Win your argument. I will live this apology for the rest of my life. Well, you're mad at me. Okay. Every time I see you now, I will lower myself in weakness, let you alter my mood so you can always feel strong and I'll be uncomfortable. Make sense? All right, you got something. <laughs> okay, it's on page three. Page three. About the um, second from the last paragraph, and they were talking about um, how he was. Um, it was about opportunity, and it says when the opportunity came, it appeared in a different form and from a different direction yep. than Barnes has expected. That is one of the tricks of opportunity. That's right. So you have to be able to have your level of awareness to recognize, right, when there is an opportunity. Okay. So we got two things going on there, awareness and opportunity. I'll come back to them. Here you go. I, I would uh, use it for me because I, I got to uh, go further with that. And I don't recognize when you have an opportunity. But don't be ashamed of the opportunity come in a way that you don't Make sense? So that's a different element today or, or a little different angle from that. All facts, all facts. But it's not just opportunity. I, I got you. I'll let you respond. It's not just opportunity. It, no, no, no. 
it's, it's not just opportunity. He's saying, and he's right, that it ain't coming in the package that we wanted to come in. Okay? I'll address that too. Go ahead. No, no, I'm listening. I'm good. Okay, who else got something? No, on this one, this is, this is two. I want you guys, everybody to talk. Each time, everybody talk, even, even online. Oh, yeah. You got something? Okay. Um, just stay, stay here, though. On what she's saying? Yeah, oh, yeah what oh. she's saying. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I, that's, that's, a, that's something that I battle with, too. If it didn't come how I, I felt it should come, then I'd be tortured. Okay. See, this, this is... This... If it doesn't come high, I want it to, I got detail. That's the superficial issue, but what both of you guys said. And that's where most people get crucified at, in the superficial. Like, you're so poverty-minded that just a package you didn't want makes you quit. That is not the heart of what that, that sentence it was. You had something? You had something? What about online? Okay, we got something online. Go ahead. Have your way. You are correct. You, you are correct. There's a reason why you're correct that I'll break down. But you are correct with the end goal. Okay, so she's correct. Now, first off, let us applaud her pausing in her situation. Okay, that's okay. People of prosperity pause because your emotions come from a place of poverty. If you don't have a prosperity mind, when you emotionally respond, you're going to respond in a way that damages your harvest. Does that make sense? That's the only way you can respond. Because your, your emotions, your instincts are not steeped in prosperity. Prosperity is unnatural and natural at the same time. So I got, I got a lot to break down. So give me five minutes. I'll talk as fast as I possibly can in five minutes. So who, you went first. Okay, so let's go back to you first. You, you, you two over here. Okay, great. So, oh, actually, let me go. Let me go online. She said vicious. She's talking about the code of the extraordinary mind. If you want to write that book down. OK. Code of the extraordinary mind. That book is so great that it actually became my number two book of all time. 
That is incredible because I've read over 5,000 books easily. Easily. Okay, great book. Great books. I want you to write that down. Now, let's go here. Yes and yes about the different packages. You're right. But that's the that's that's the right. You don't have enough roots there. So you'll be right about that. But then when when something hits you at the stem, you won't even recognize it. You'll just fall. So it's OK for something. Well, yeah, you're right. It's not in the package I don't want. It's not in the package I want. So therefore, I'll move past. it. You got that part. But what happens when it's failure? Not just a package. What happens when you ain't moving forward, period, point blank, and she divorcing you and he sabotaging you? That's not packages no more. He's sabotaging you. They, you going to jail. You, you want this construction company. You got a felony now. You can't have it no more. You, you got to be an entrepreneur now. You can't have this good job. Does that make sense? Cancer happened. That's not a package. That's a cancer. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. So the truth is there is no failure. That's the truth. See, that's what you have. Yes, yes, yes. I can see by your faces. Some of this stuff you can't say gold chain, silver chain. Okay, yeah, cool. That's when it's superficial. But when I say you just got this promotion and you're going to make a million dollars a year and you find out you have terminal cancer, that's no longer a package you can change. Does that make sense? So you think. Okay, so watch this. Here. There is no failure. Failure is... A million dollars a year. And you got cancer. Oh, that makes sense. And he's a hustler. He's like, what you talking about? I just ain't got no million dollars no more. I'll wait till next year to have a million dollars. I'm alive. Doc, hook me up. I'm paying cash. I, I, I got you. I understand. You're right. I should have said a million dollars. <laughs> you got me on that one. I ain't even going to give me a high five. That was, some, that was some straight hustler stuff he just said. I'm not mad at you, you, you right about it. You right about it. I'm not mad at your. I'm not mad at your rightness. You doc, come on, hook me up. I got some living to do. I'm not mad at you at all. But when it's not a, when it's sixty-seven thousand dollars a year, you understand, and you can't take the job because you now have a medical condition. They let you go, and you've been working eighteen years of college for this job. Get it now? These things happen in real life. Okay, so that's not a package now, as you're saying it. But the truth is, that's not failure either. That is opportunity disguised as failure. Failure doesn't exist. And every failure, it is literally your breakthrough. It is, your, it is opportunity disguised and it just looks like failure. The reason you protect your credit is because you got foreclosed. The, the, the reason you're not promiscuous is because there's STDs out there. Does that make sense? You learn only through catastrophic failure. And it's that failure that made you have that tough skin to get past the next failure. There is no such thing as failure. There is only opportunity for the replan your plan, opportunity to grow, or whatever it is. You, you want a 100-member church, but you have a 12-member church. You've been hustling at it for five years. You are not failing. There are some principles outside the Bible that you now need to learn. You now have an opportunity to do more than just preach, but to learn how to become a salesman 
and sell your church on Facebook. You see what just happened there? But you, oh, well, it's failure. No, it's not failure. It's an opportunity for you to read Think and Grow Rich. It's an opportunity for you to read another book. So it's not just, so read that, so hear what I just said, now read that sentence again. So hear what I just said, now read what you just read again through the fact that failure doesn't exist. Now read it. When the opportunity came, it appeared in a different form and from a different direction from what Barnes had expected. That is one of the tricks of opportunity. See it? It wasn't a package, that, that's, tr- that's right. But it was never failure. It was always opportunity that came at a different direction that blindsided him, that knocked his legs off. Because when opportunity hits you and you're not ready for it, it's failure. When opportunity hits you and you're not ready for it, it's failure. Does that make sense? When you hit, when when you rush out there, you're not ready for it. And, and this is the truth. There's another F word that opportunity is when you're not ready for it. Frustration. When you hit opportunity and you don't have the equipment or the vehicle to capitalize on it, you get frustrated. And if you get frustrated and you have a low level of awareness, you quit. People who are enrolled to poverty, when they get frustrated, they quit. Now, let's, let's, let's bring this out. If you are, I know Oprah's story. If you're Oprah and the opportunity comes, here's how Oprah's opportunity came for her to be on a talk show. They wanted to fire her. They actually did, but they still had a, had a nice contract in the 1980s. So they demoted her. Instead of being a news anchor, they put her on some silly little TV set that aired for about five, six minutes in a segment. Maybe less than that. And when she sat there, she felt home. She is a billionaire today because she was demoted. That was not failure. That was an opportunity. Make sense? Mm-hmm. All right. What else we got? Uh, I, I want to open up this little Please. Line, which is uh, also a three feet from gold. Uh, That's right. Line, it says, uh, the more, uh, that more gold has been mined from the brains of men than has ever been taken from the earth. Uh, page five. Okay, who wants to talk about that? More gold has been mined from the brains of men. Okay. Meaning it's unlimited. Yes, it is unlimited. The, my brain is unlimited. When I read it, my mind instantly went back again to the audio version. And at the beginning, uh, he explains like how many millions of people have been successful by utilizing the Carnegie Secret. And he named like Thomas Edison to Tony Robbins to John Gray. Like he named millions and millions of people. So when I read it, I was like, okay, wow. Like, cause these people that he named like no education, third mm-hmm. grade education, mm-hmm. dropped out in uh, college, uh, 
homeless. You know, he named people that's been through it. Like, they ain't supposed, according to statistics, they not supposed to be rich because of how they was brought up or the lifestyle nope. that they did previous to uh, adopting and learning the Carnegie Secret. Okay. So when I read that, I'm like, more gold than mining in the brains of men, which means more of your poverty, I mean, more of your prosperity is in your, is in your head versus your hand. That's right. That's absolutely right. And, and, and this earth. Right. Right, and this earth. But this earth will serve your mind, poverty or not. This earth will serve, that's where that ether came up, that's probably going to come up. That is where it comes. Okay, so let's, let's do this here. Best way to explain this is Richest Man in Babylon. I got to go to another book. Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Classen. It's another, it's one of my, it's like number four book of all time. When I mentor people, I go in a particular order. I give them rich dad, poor dad first before I give them um, Think and Grow Rich. And then I give them Cash Flow Quadrant. Then I give them, well, yeah. Then I give them Richest Man in Babylon. Then I give them Think and Grow Rich. Because my idea is I need to break your thinking down for you to get the greatest book of all time. I feel cheated. Well, well, I feel blessed because I only got Richest Man in Babylon and straight to okay. Think and Grow Rich. So. So, <laughs> I feel blessed. I had to go through that. <laughs> so rich guy of Babylon had a son. I want to say his name is Davidir or Davisir. But anywho. He sends him out there and says, listen, I give you my empire in 10 years, but I need you to go out there and I need you to make a man of yourself. I need you to become a great business investor owner. He gave him like two bags, you know, gave him a bag of gold and he gave him clay tablets. Of course, youth never read the tablets, took them off, went to the gold, had lots of friends and they spent all his money. And then he asked rug Carpet, which carpet? It was tapestry. He asked people who specialize in carpets about gold. That makes no sense. That's not seeking advice of experts. You right? You understand? That's coming up in thinking grow riches. Well, that fact, that's the point of three feet from gold. Don't quit and seek the advice of experts. But he saw he didn't go to a, to a school teacher and ask about it. He went to someone who knew about fault lines. Does that make sense? Okay. Great. So he loses all his money, and he finally reads the gold, and he's going to go to give him five. I mean, excuse me, the tablets, and he gets five laws of gold, and you can you can Google them online right now because they're amazing. I, in fact, my finances are governed by those right now. Then he comes back, and he gives his dad. He comes back and gets, gets all his money. Two years later, he gives his dad two bags. No, he gives his dad his gold back. Then he says. For the tablets you gave me, I give you back two bags of gold because the knowledge weighed far more than the gold. If I give everybody in the world a million dollars, actually, this, this, this is a real situation. If we divide up all the money that exists in the world right now, the whole world would be a millionaire, all seven billion people. That's a mathematical fact. If I divide it up right now, all seven billion people would be millionaires. That's, that's an absolute fact. We can end poverty right now. We really could. No, seriously, homeless people, all of them. Okay? Now watch this. But since you don't have the gold in your mind, the knowledge, the financial knowledge, you, by within a year, 
all that million dollars will be right back in the hands of the 1%. You will literally spend it back to them. This is why more gold has been mined from mines than fields of the earth. Think about it this way. How much have I taught you that is priceless? A whole lot. <laughs> Make sense? That is just what I taught you. And some of you a year, some of you two years. Priceless. Can't even put a price on it. You've made money with it. You've, you've got peace with it. Some of you let go of sorry people with it. Does that make sense? Okay, all the above, right? That's how that works. Okay, what else we got? What else we got? What else we got? Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. After reading chapter one, I had two questions and a, a statement that my answers to my questions have to be modeled again. And this was just what I took from just reading chapter one. Okay, let me. If I go further, I have to know this. My first question was, what is my burning desire? My second question was, what are my burning desires? And the statement is, they must be definite. All right. So this whole first half of class has basically guided me toward answering my question because that it has to be definite. That's right. There is no indecision, you know? That's there right. No, like indecision is decision. You are deciding not to have a decision. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's no indecision. It's no. It's it's nothing. I just have to know. You know, and it's like, um, I don't know. When you think of burning desire, it it makes you burn just to say the word, especially when you're in a different level of awareness. Yep. But you really have to. Like, you can't put your way through a question like that. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll address all three of them and see if I got it right. What's my burn desire? What's my burn desires? Plural, and they must be definite with your comment. Okay, so I'm going to address all three of them. Everybody needs a burning desire. I'm not so sure you can have burning desires plural at the same time. If that happens to you, like it happens to me, then you need to have one burning desire that incorporates all that. I just, I just blessed like half the room. You see what I'm saying? You need to, she talked about the end, focus on the end. Your end, is, is a better way for me to explain that. You need to have a defining moment of your life and that becomes your burning desire. Then all that other stuff that you're passionate about would happen along the way to your defining moment, which is your burning desire. Let me explain. You want to be a brain surgeon. You're currently 18 years old out of school. You want to be a brain surgeon. You've got four years of a bachelor's, three years of a master's, you got some clinicals, then you've got some PhD work, another four years, you know. Then you have residency. And I'm not an expert. It's about 15 years. It's about 15 years. You, 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 10, 15 years, and a whole lot of debt. Make sense? Mm -hmm. 
Okay. You got some time. <laughs> okay, you got some time. You're going to be a doctor when you're 35. That's about right. Something like that. And seriously, I mean, that, that's, that's about how it works. Now, you have to have a burning desire to do that much school in the first place. I promise you that much. But let's say while you want to be a Ph.D. brain surgeon, you also want to be a savvy investor. And you're equally excited about investing as you are a brain surgeon because your dad was an investor. And you understood that you don't want to get locked in a, a clinic and be self-employed instead of a business owner. So you're financially intelligent. I'm giving you a real example. This is something that really happened. Does that make sense? So you go, man, do I do accounting? Do I take the business route? Do I get me a, a mentor? Do I go stock market? What do I do? All right, let me help you. You don't have burning desires, plural, because the universe can't give you both. Okay. It can only give you what you're thinking about. Watch this here. When you're thinking about more than one, it's now indecision. Okay. Make sense? Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're burning for both. Which one are you willing to die for? Which, which one is your dominant thoughts on? That's the one you're going to get. Now watch it. Here's how you get both. I'm going to die for this PA. I'm be a brain surgeon. But I'm going to be financially savvy on the way. So I want to make sure, watch this, how you incorporate both. While I'm a brain surgeon, I'm going to have an investment portfolio of $25 million. Make sense? Did you hear what I said? I'm going to be a brain surgeon. But by the time I get there, I won't be in debt. I'll have a $25 million investment portfolio. So guess what that does? You don't have to focus on the investment portfolio anymore. You're focused on a brain surgeon who has a $25 million portfolio. Does that make sense? So now, as you're dying and getting hit, you never stop going to law school. You always, I mean law school, medical school, you always attract that, but You've attracted your other burning desire by incorporating it into one. You save all your income. And every time you get a financial aid kickback, you don't buy stuff with it. You invest it. This, this is worth every penny. I mean, this, seriously, right? You understand what I'm saying? You can't have burning desires that are plural. You got to choose one. Now, I'm not telling you. You can't do more than one thing. You need to incorporate it into the one thing. Why? Because it has to be specific and definite. And there's nothing against the natural laws of the universe that says PhD that has a $25 million investment portfolio. That is a specific and definite one burning desire. Make sense? But when you say well, I want to do both. You now split your time in both. And you end up being an average investor and an average brain surgeon. And I can assure all of you, they don't graduate average brain surgeons. You're going to die. <laughs> I don't want one. <laughs> okay, so I don't want one at all. I don't want one. 
Does that make sense? You can't graduate brain surgery school with a 70. <laughs> they, got, they got minimums. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, here, here you go. No, I wanted to say the question right. No. Uh, and this question, should your why help you decide on your graphic design? Okay, so your why, that this is something that's happened in modern circles, modern time, your why is what's going to keep you moving, right? But your why is not your burning desire. It can be your burning desire, but some of you are lying about your why you don't know it. You say... Well, I'll do anything for my children, but, but you're still broke. So your children are not your real why. It's not that you don't love them. It's not strong enough to pull you out of poverty. That's not to say you love your children any less. Your why is that that's not strong enough because you probably got that handled. You probably love your children without having to. It's just natural for you. Does that make sense? You will skip meals from them naturally. Your why should unnaturally pull you. But your why is not necessarily your burning desire. Right. Here's what a burning desire sounds like. You guys hear me say it all the time. And next week when we cover chapter two, you're going to hear and read all about it. You kind of actually already brought it up. When I tell y'all I want something that's crazy. How many times? By show of hands, how many times I tell y'all I want something that's absolutely insane? And I always finish it with what statement? And I'm willing to die for it. That is not me doing the hot cliche. As eight years ago, I read chapter two and think and grow rich. And I said, oh, that doesn't say that, but that's what it meant to me. So when I make a decision, I cut off everything. I'm going to get it or I'm going to die. That's a burning desire. I would like to fit the system. Yes. Yes. But they're not there yet. I said the one. Okay, okay. Yes, yes. The little girl. So let's go to the little girl. She was willing to die for her mama 50 cent. Does that make sense? And how did the uncle react? He gave it to her. Well, he blew her off like, girl. Well, as soon as she was ready, as soon as he saw that she was willing to die for it, his whole demeanor changed. They said she, he was whipped. Yeah, he was whipped. And then he sat down. Now, how did I get whipped by a little five, yo? Can I submit to you that when life see you willing to plant your feet and die for it, it changes its continents towards you? Literally. Like, literally, when people see you willing to die, I'm going to be the greatest speaker, trainer, coach that ever was who's a counselor, who has a school, talking about somebody specific, and I'm going to die for it. Every single time somebody try to stop you, when they see that you're willing to plant your feet, and I'm not moving, I'm not shaking, you would not get me out of it, talk about me, I don't care, I'm dying for this, they'll stop talking about you. They will literally change their attitude towards you, because you can't beat somebody willing to die. In life, will reward your burning desire. You will never get anything that you're not willing to die for. 90% of the people are just willing to die for poverty. That's the reluctant part. You don't know it because you, you, you're not self-aware enough to be honest with yourself. But if you're not willing to be uncomfortable for prosperity, 
you're only willing to be comfortable for poverty. And whatever you're willing to be comfortable for, past reward, you're willing to die for. 90% of the people that you know, to include you, maybe not now, but before, you were willing to die for poverty, not prosperity. If you can't get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and tear your legs up, I told you, you don't get up and go, Whoa, I'm ready to work out. That is not what happens. That's not what happens in the morning. That, no, no, no. You don't get up, yes, I feel sore, but I'm excited. No. You, oh, I can't say what you're saying because this is a professional class. But you go, some words in your head, I want to hear his mouth, let me go and get up. That's winning. That is, here's some pain, here's an obstacle, but let me go ahead and do it in the first place because I'm not quitting. Now, he's not going to see me quit. I wish you start telling your goals that. Now, you're not fit to tell, you know, I'm not fit to quit. I want an 820 credit score. I'm not fit to quit. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. All right, what else we got? Um, one thing that stuck out to hold me. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me. I want to make sure I was concise as possible because she asked one of the greatest questions of all time since I've been doing this class about the burning desires and the burning desires. Okay? I didn't have to address the statement. If you have more than one, incorporate them. Because you cannot divide your energy across multiple things. Because the universe is only going to give you what you're dominantly thinking of. That was a great question. That was was one of the greatest questions. I've been been in this class three years. One of the greatest questions I've ever had so far in all three years. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to get her first. Just remember. But you get it? Well, is yours pertinent to this? Because hers wasn't. Okay, go ahead. How do you discover your burning desire? All right, that's a great question. So I will answer that in a second. Let me let, let me get hers out the way. Okay, so on page eleven, mm-hmm. the second paragraph on the bottom, one of the main weaknesses of mankind oh, no. persons familiarity with the word impossible. <laughs> he knows all the rules that will not work. He knows all the things that cannot work, that cannot be done. And then it drops down to success comes to those who become success conscious. And on the next page, failure comes to those who indifferently allow themselves to become failure conscious. Okay. I should have waited for you. All right. That's a good good part of the book. All right. How do you find your burning desire? There's one real way. It's the only way that actually matters. Now, I want the popularly, popular way. If it sets your blood on fire, that's what you... Ought to do. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's true from a surface perspective. Let me tell you what is actually true. You find your burning desire by thinking it. That's the truth. That is the truth. You can now. You want to intelligently think about something that you can actually do in your skill set. But if you don't have it in your skill set and you have a desire to do it, you will do it if you're willing to die for it and you'll still be rich in it. Whatever rich means to you in your life. I'll prove it. 
Best singer of all time? Well, best singer right now. Just give me some. Christina Aguilera. Just in case I didn't say one of those, I, I, had, to, I had to get you. Okay, we got Beyonce. Beehive in here. Okay. Adele. Uh, okay, definitely Adele. Anybody disagree with Adele? Mary J. Mary J. Okay. Ashanti. Pat and LaBelle. No. Oh, is she rich? Yeah. She was willing to die for it. Pat and LaBelle. Rayon. De- definitely Pat and LaBelle. Well, Rihanna can sing. Okay, okay, but okay, but now give me but, give me yeah, some non singers now. Uh, oh, 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 that's a lot. Uh, <laughs> okay, Brandy. Okay, well, well, okay, okay. You say Brandy can sing. Give me, give me, give me some. Give me, there's plenty of them. There's plenty of them. There's plenty of them. Okay, Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. Is she rich? Yes. She's willing to die for it. From a backup dancer, she was willing to die I for. I think Miley Cyrus can sing. Oh, no, Miley Cyrus got some pipes. She got, yeah, she could actually sing. Yeah, and what she did was a great marketing strategy to kill that Hannah Montana. You know, but that's what that was. She had to kill. Have you ever seen a childhood Urkel? Can you see him in any other character but Urkel? No matter what he plays, man, it's Urkel. Man, I can't take you serious. Being tough. I like Michelle for four Okay. The Olsen twins. Yeah, okay, right? Give me some more singers. Just, just one more. It doesn't matter. Give me a guy or something. That dude that sounds because I got Oh my god. Okay, I think that's Afro Man. Justin Timberlake can sing. He says he Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, but I'm glad you mentioned Justin Timberlake can sing. Yes, yes. But you get the point though, right? See, the point, here's the point that I'm answering his question. If you want it, and your thought, oh, okay, yeah, well, yeah, Trinidad James, yeah, he, yeah, he, he's got, okay, okay, you understand? But if you want it, and you think it, and are willing to die for it, you will be a force in that field. Don't matter if you got the gift of Adele, that matters not. You thought it, it became a burning desire. And you were willing to die for it. Now you famous. Make sense? Right? Alright, that answers his question. Yours. But did y'all, my answer to that question concisely was, the truth, I want to tell you the session blown five. The truth is, your burning desire is what you thought. It's what you think. But you can't just think it without being willing. This is not a thinking universe. This is a feeling universe. You have to have the proper feeling behind your thought. All right. Let's go to this difficult one here. Okay, what was it again? Just give me a bit, piece of it. Okay. Uh, hey. Oh, success-minded and poor, poverty-minded. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. You can read it again. Um, oh. One of the main weaknesses of mankind is the average person's familiar, familiarity with the word impossible. He knows all the rules that will not work. He knows all the things that cannot be done. And then if you drop down to the very bottom, success comes to those who become success conscious. You flip it over, failure comes to those who indifferently allow themselves to become failure. All right, you guys talk about it. Um, what stood out to me when it said one of the main weaknesses of mankind is the average person's familiarity with the word impossible. Okay. It's like the most very specific with the type of person. Mm-hmm. It didn't say... Wait, 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 wait. Okay, you said it didn't say. Go ahead. It didn't say poor person. It didn't say 
specific about the average person's familiarity. Like, there's a difference in the people. Average people who are failure conscious are poor people. Average people who are success conscious are rich people. So I'm defining average right now for you. But the average person, the C students run the world. A students work for C students. If you did not know that, I just liberated you. C students run the world. A students work for C students. Bill Gates don't even have a degree, but you gotta have a degree just to work for him. Does that make sense? <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> yeah. C students run the world. C students are presidents of the United States. We got one right now, right? C students. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? C students run the world. A students are in the lab somewhere demanding high pay. That's fine. They should. With their high GPA. That's fine. But if I'm paying you six figures a year and I'm a C student, I make more than six figures a year. I got the jet. You got the townhouse. <laughs> yeah, with your day woo. You know, you know what I'm saying? Well, he got day woo on me. All right. So... Average, you're right, you're right. Average people are poor. Let, let's, let's, but I, I defined average for you, okay? So not average people who are success-minded. But how many people are success-minded? It's not that much because it's an unnatural thing to do. Let me, I'm going to close with that. Remind me to close with unnatural, like prosperity is both unnatural and natural. Let's, let's say abundance. Abundance is both unnatural and natural. Remind me to close with that. I'll make that my final thoughts today. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Okay, you, you can comment on this? Yeah, well, yes, go ahead. I, no, no, no. I, I want to kind of open up the, uh, the first part of what she said. It says, uh, the main weakness of mankind is the average person's familiarity with the word impossible. You know, uh, because we you, oh, wow. That, to me, impossible is an excuse but, that we use to quit. Okay, that's true. Okay, give it here. That's true. I need you guys to understand he's right. But you're wrong at the same time. You're right because you're stuck on impossible. Now, we just had this conversation before they came in. Okay, I said something to her. List me all the ways you said it was impossible. Uh, okay. I was coming up with excuses of why, if I left my job, where would I have get the money to, oh, I want to keep my credit score. Uh-huh. Oh, I have, uh, what about my rent? What, uh, I don't have nothing put back in savings. And then uh, for everything I was coming up with, it was an actual excuse. Which is saying impossible. Right. Read the rest impossible. of that. Let me see it. Read the rest of it. Read how he says it. Who, who, who's got it? Okay, go ahead. He says, uh, he knows all the rules there you go. that will not, not work. That's what she was saying. He knows all the things that cannot be done. If I quit my job, how am I going to pay? Okay, you get it? Yeah. So it's job. not just saying it's possible. I don't never say that. 
But what y'all do is, but I can't because if I leave yeah. my job, yeah. I can't get the diapers. I can't get the, the food. I can't, can't do this. You, you literally said, but these are facts. And then I had to tell the story. <laughs> I said, no, those are not facts. Those are facts if you're on the road to poverty. Those are not facts in my world because I create my reality. I am not victim to my reality. Period. I ha- when I create my reality, it is one that serves me. And when I created a reality that don't serve me, I own up to it and recreate what I want. I literally walk past the crap I didn't want to create. Get on the other side of that and start creating what I want. Does that make sense? Yeah. There is no impossible, but don't get so conscious. Remember, losers have a language. Right. And impossible is not a word they want to say because now they have to own up to their own responsibilities. They dress it up. You know, if I had time. Have you ever thought about that for us? Like, like, like everybody listen to me real quick. Think, let's think about it if I had time. Do you know that you would lock me up in a padded room? Like, like look at me. Hey, what you doing? I'm looking for time. <laughs> think about that for a second. Looking, think about that for a second. Like, hey, hey, I'm lifting up my laptop. I'm in my pocket. What you looking for, man? Man, time, man. I'm trying to find it. That's crazy to even say. <laughs> but you, you dressing, you're dressing up losing so much. Let me find time. You don't even realize that you're saying something that will put you in a padded oh room. Gosh. Man, I just don't have the time. I need to. Like when I, as soon as I find some more time, I'm a. You ain't gonna never find no more time. <laughs> oh wow. What at, when it, when the stri- when the clock strikes zero 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 zero? We'll come after that. Zero, 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 one. Zero, one. Oh. How many times a year does that happen? Very, very often. Like, um, wait. Say, I got very often. That's one answer. How many times a year does every day? Three hundred sixty-five days in a year, or three hundred sixty-six on the leap year? How long has that happened? As long as I've been alive. Okay. Why are you looking for time? <laughs> that's going to keep happening. Ouch. <laughs> that's that's going to keep happening. That's, you can pray all you want to. <laughs> that's going to keep happening. Unless you, unless you are, unless you take your, the, the Christian biblical story about how God stretched the day. And you say, well, he stretched time too. If you do that, fine. But that ain't happening. No more. And you don't have evidence that he just he made the sun stay up longer. We call that daylight savings time in, in logical land. Wait. Yes, you can't look for time. But I'm, what, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to identify clearly is, well, I don't, I don't say impossible. You don't. But you say all that other stuff that means impossible. You would never change your harvest till you change your vocabulary. You will never change your harvest till you change your vocabulary. Why? Where does your vocabulary come from? Subconscious. And what is your subconscious? Your is a thought. And what is the name of this chapter? Power of your thoughts. 
So thoughts become things. Yes. So your vocabulary is a reflection of your thoughts. Yes. And if you have a bad vocabulary, yes. you have a poor vocabulary, yes. you have a I can't vocabulary, yes. okay, you understand. You will never change your heart until you change your vocabulary. You can get yourself rich by simply changing your dialogue. It is that simple. Because when you change your dialogue, you must first change your mind. When you change your mind, you vibrate differently and you change the people you attract. When you change the people you attract, you get business partners and investors. You get you a good man who will build with you. Okay, I got somebody online want to say something. You want to say something? No? No? Okay. You get it? That's just from changing your vocabulary. All right, what else we got? All right, page 13. Good, good. Here you go. Yeah. Because he understands and applies the principles of success. One of these is desire, knowing what one wants. Hey, one of these is desire, knowing what one wants. Right before that, the same, the paragraph right above that, he says, "I want it. I'ma have it." He's talking about the eight-cylinder. Because you drive SUVs right now that they say it was impossible to make. Now they're just V8s. You understand what I'm saying? Now, now you don't even appreciate them. It was once impossible. Now you try to get rid of it because it's taking all your gas money. Does that make sense? I want it. I will have it. That's desire. She pointed out something great about that. Why is that significant? Why is that significant? He made a decision. Now keep in mind, Henry Ford was not the expert. He hired the experts. He just knew what he wanted. Okay, so let me tell you something. You will not get your intelligence in this life. You will get your level of awareness. His level of awareness was higher than their level of intelligence. They were the experts. They knew better than him. That's fine. Don't try it again. That's, that, that's fine. Do it again. Because he knew, not pay attention. He knew that it was not in this existence, but it existed in his mind. And the power of thought says this is a real law, it's quantum physics. If it exists in your mind, it, if you have a burning desire for it, it must exist in this reality. I'll say it again because I'm trying to liberate somebody. It didn't exist. It was impossible. Henry Ford knew he was smarter than them. Not in an arrogant standpoint. He knew it wasn't impossible because he had the thought in his head. And you can't think of anything impossible. The moment you think of it, this universe must respect your thoughts and manifest it. You just got to wait the time. Does that make sense? You cannot think of anything impossible. Let's go to every school of thought that I can think of. Your Bible says nothing is impossible with God. 
I believe it's Henry Ford. One Henry Ford, if somebody smart says, no, it's Napoleon Hill. If you can conceive it, you can achieve it. Quantum physics says reality cannot exist until consciousness enters into it. I don't care where you're coming from. If you can think it, it is yours. So if you have, how many of you got million dollar ideas in your head right now? Do you know why you don't have them? You're not willing to die for them. You got the ideas. You don't have the harvest because you're not willing to die for them. If you have the idea, it's already yours. The moment you think of it, by God given right, it's yours to have. It is yours to have. You just got to be willing to have a burning desire for it. Because guess what? You don't cry about stuff when you're willing to die for it. You don't fall asleep when you're willing to die for it. You don't quit when you're willing to die for it. If you think it, it is yours. Some of you have inventions. All these billionaires out here, they need you. They need you to come up with the next idea. If you think it, it is already yours. What else we got? Page 14. Page 14. Okay, give, give me a few. Okay, that's one. Give, give me one more person because I, I, I want to stress something for a while. Page 15. Okay, 14, 15. Anybody else? You said hand this book. All right, got 14, 15. Here go 14. And you got, you, you got one back there? Okay. All right, so we got 14, 15, and whatever he come up with. Okay, I got it. So ether is a scientific thing. Gotcha. Think of it as if this universe is this big ball of liquid and the liquid keeps everything moving. And that's not actual, but that's a good visual for you. So for this liquid, it's not a liquid. It is an incredibly fast moving, high vibratory, high vibratory energy that keeps continuously expanding the universe and keeps continuously keeping all the planets and everything moving. Or infinite intelligence, okay? Something like that. Got it? Your brain controls it. Yes. Yes, this is scientific. This is scientific. Your brain controls the infinite source of this universe. It exists for you. Every animal, every ecosystem on this planet exists so you can be alive. Animals you don't even eat are eating each other to keep certain habitats clean, to keep water purer, and to also make sure one species, you got apex predators, predators that don't have predators on their own, sharks, lions, tigers, because lions and tigers don't exist in the same region. 
they make sure the population doesn't get too high. So you, this earth doesn't get too dangerous for you to live in. Make sense? This whole world is spinning and moving at a high vibration. And the higher you get up in vibratory frequency, the more you can get from it. You're going to get from it regardless. But the higher things you can get. Your thoughts control it. It is highly obedient. If you think poverty, it will fold into poverty into your life. If you think prosperity, this universe will stop everything it's doing and give you prosperity. If you think you can't leave your job, this universe will stop blessing other people and make sure you can't leave your job. That's what that means. You are the master of your fate. You are the captain of your soul. You, who, who's next? Or you? Sorry. It was a portion that I highlighted about magnetizing your mind. Okay. Um, it's a one, two, third paragraph. We said he should have told us that before we can accumulate riches in great abundance, we must magnetize our mind with the intense desire for riches. That we must become money conscious until the desire and then allows us to create definite plan for life. That's right. So. It just it stood out to me. It should have stood out. You have to, funny, funny thing about money, money doesn't, no, it doesn't exist. It's energy. Everything's energy. The mere fact that you let money rule you is absolutely insane because 100 years ago, it wasn't even what it is. 200 years ago, it wasn't what it is. And today, 97% of money is all digital. It literally don't exist. Forget the physical, metaphysical, or philosophical. It literally do not exist. The difference between the five in your bank account and the five on my boxers is no different at all. None. But since they said, if it's in here, it has value, you let it stress you to death. And money will always treat you how you treat it. How you feel about money, that's how it treats you. Funny thing about wealth, funny thing about money, is you have to grow out to it before it can come to you. Please write that down. What is it again? Money, the funny thing about money is you have to grow out to it before it can come out to you. Before you can ever attract it, you have to grow to it. So if you want a million dollars, you have to become a millionaire. No different than if you want to be a brain surgeon. You have to become a brain surgeon before you graduate. You can't become a brain surgeon when it's time for you to start doing brain surgery. You're going to kill somebody. The, mat, the, the first time you feel like being a brain surgeon, when you got somebody's skull open, you can't do that. You have to become that brain surgeon as an 18-year-old kid. First, go ahead. So is that is that what they mean by magnetizing your mind? Absolutely. Oh. You have to take your mind. That's why it's in that same ether section, and you have to vibrate at a million dollars. Whatever, right? A million dollars has a vibratory frequency. Remember, everything in this world is energy. Everything is where it's vibrating. Your cell phone only works because it's a frequency. This microphone, before there was a microphone. My vocal cords 
are vibrating at a frequency that is unique to me that allows language to happen and with my raspy voice, but it's mine. But I'm vibrating differently with every alphabet that I speak. F, okay, I'll prove it to you. Let's do, here's how you know the letter T has a vibration. Everybody put your hand to your mouth. I'm glad I'm a nerd. Put your hand to your mouth right above your mouth, okay? Just right there, about one inch from your mouth. Say T. T. You felt that? Uh-huh. Now let's do T in Spanish. T. What happened? That's vibratory frequencies. You felt 90% less air because your vocal cords did 90% less vibrating. So you can't say, oh man, this is, this is fooey frequencies. You talk in frequency. That, that is literally, in this case, it was language. I just proved to you right there that frequencies exist. The mere fact this microphone is working, frequencies exist. Your Wi-Fi, 802.11 frequency. If it's, a, if it's Bluetooth, same frequency, encrypted. Same frequencies. 97.9 the box is vibrating at 97.9 megahertz. That's the actual frequency. Yes, I'm a nerd. <laughs> I'm a true, true. I was. I grew up in Hogwarts. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like you too. So that explains why different stations get static. Yes, because you drove out the frequency, or their frequency was low. Yeah, like I'm thinking it's the signal or something, you know. But okay. What you're calling the signal it's is the frequency. frequency. Okay. Yeah. So if it's an AM station, it's on. What is it? Analog. Okay, watch this here. FM is frequency modulation. Yeah. Can we just make this make sense? 97.9 frequency modulation. That's what that is. And this whole world is vibrating at a frequency. And when you're healthy, you're vibrating at a frequency that they taught you in school that was called homeostasis. When you're sick, you're no longer at the proper vibratory frequency that your body needs to be non-acidic. Does that make sense? When you're sick, you're not vibrating right. You get sick. How many of you got headaches you can't explain? You're too angry. And some of the people around you are toxic. <laughs> That's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. Okay. You, you have real headaches. They're, no, they real. The doctor can't find them because ain't nothing wrong with you. The people in your life is wrong with you. And the anger you have is vibrating at the wrong frequency. That's a medical fact. That's biology. Make sense? Wow. Yeah, that's a, that is a fact. So let me explain now for the next 20 minutes of why this is unnatural and natural at the same time. Okay, you'll hear this again at our conference coming up in a few months. I don't know how to explain this to you, but this world does not exist for you, but it was made for you. 
I don't know how to explain this to you, but this world was designed for you. But today it exists to keep corporations and industries profitable and you in poverty. I said this to you guys earlier today. Watch this here. This, everything I'm about to say next is all facts. So you guys play along with me earlier. We'll do it now. If there is a hurricane, who pays for that? Okay, the state. Fair enough. That's right. The state government asks the federal government for money. And then the federal government sends it to the state. And then the state government takes care of its state. Sends it to the city. And then the city takes care of its city. Make sense? Those are all facts. Who paid for all that? We did. Interesting. See how you say we did? Watch this. This is, this is all facts. Did poor people pay for it? No. Why not? They don't pay taxes. Make sense? People without jobs, they pay for it? No. They don't pay taxes. Did rich people pay for it? No. Why not? They don't pay taxes. They avoid taxes with the law. Make sense? So who pays for hurricanes? So, so next time in the Western Hemisphere, June 1st come around, y'all to be like, man, hold up. This is going to cost me some money. Make sense? All right. If an oil spill happens, who pays for that? Okay, taxpayers do pay for it, but you can, you can, you can, you can, you can say you can say the corporation pays for it. You can say that too. They they will. They gonna have to come out of the pocket, and lose a couple of billion dollars. Who pays the corporations? We do. Ah, do poor people pay corporations? No. Rich people? No. Middle class again. All coming from you. Wait a minute. Every single thing that happens bad in this world, you are paying for it. You should, you should. Public education, okay. You go, it's free. Is it? Prison systems are now privatized with the government funding it. Who pays for the government? We do. All right. Does that make sense? When you get your money out the ATM, do they charge you to get your own money? Yes. Okay. Watch this here. When the Federal Reserve gives the bank money, which it can only borrow in debt from the government, who pays the government? I'm mad. And then when you get your money, who pays for the money? And then when you spend it, who pays for money? Because you, when you get your money, you pay taxes. When you spend it, you pay taxes. This world is not for the consumer. It is not for the people. It is for the industries and the corporations and the government. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Now, that's not how it naturally was. See, that's natural now. So I shouldn't say natural, I should say normal. Because normal isn't natural. What is natural, now receive everything I'm about to say. What is natural is abundance. Let me tell y'all something. Everybody hearing me, online or not, you are naturally supposed to be in abundance. Can I give you some examples? Yes. Banana tree. Now let's go with an orange tree. Orange tree, come up. Does it come up in poverty? No. How, how does the orange tree come up fruitful? That's what you use the big, a biblical term. 
he's a preacher over there. He, he really is a preacher. Right? So he, he got <laughs> burning desire to be a preacher. He's going to let you know every day. All right. No problem with that. Right? So check this out. Does the orange tree come up stressing about credit? No. Does it strain to come up? No. Does it come up with two oranges? No. The orange tree comes up with more oranges than you can eat. Pay fast as quick as most home on his way. Pay attention to me. The orange tree comes up in abundance. When mosquitoes come, is it three of them? Please tell me one time you've seen mosquito season that was lacking. Never. Mosquitoes come in abundance. And if you're in the south, or anywhere by water, they open your car door for you. Yep. Does that make sense? Bacteria that multiplies in your body. Does it barely multiply? No. It multiplies so fast, fastly, that it's abundance. Everything in this world is abundance. Everything in this world is abundance. Now watch this here. But you know what? If man made the, made the orange tree, the orange had three oranges on it. Okay, Stuart Wilde said something similar to this. Orange has three oranges on it, but in order you get the orange, you got to apply for it first. I just want to tell you what the, how the world works. Then I'm going to select who's going to get to these oranges. It's only three of them anyway. Does that make sense? But if you do get it, you got to sign a certificate. You got to get a license. I wish I had somebody. Okay, you got to go to school. You got to get a license. You got to be qualified. You got to have good credit no, and a clean background. But when you get to the three oranges, I done already took two of them. That's 66%. But then I ripped all the peeling off the other one. Sliced 96% off of it. And I told you, fight over 4% of this third orange. That's the word you live in. Does that make sense? So, prosperity is natural. Abundance is natural. But you live in a world that doesn't allow it to be natural for you. But that has nothing to do with the universe of all laws of this world. See, Think and Grow Rich was written during the Great Depression when everybody was doing so bad that there was nothing. And if the Great Depression wasn't bad, then they had the Dust Bowl in the middle of the Great Depression, right when they was trying to recover. Dust Bowl in the 19th. So banks again made the, the Great Depression happen after everybody ran to the stock market and got out of fear in the roaring 20s. That was a overspending of a lot of stuff. And then they put all their money out of the stock market. Stock market, and since the stock market doesn't really exist, and since money doesn't really exist, it crashed the system. Now we call that Black Friday. And since there was no money in the market, the banks crashed because the banks only borrow what is there. These are all facts. You can just look it up in history, right? They took a Great Depression era. Black Friday celebrated every year. 
No, Black Friday in that, that sense comes from something different. We will not get into that right now because it comes from something completely different. Yeah, yeah, that, that comes from American slavery, but we, we, we won't get into that one, okay? So this was, on excuse me, when did Black Friday? It was Black Tuesday. That's my fault. That's my fault. I inadvertently said Black Friday. Stock market went, you know, okay. Here's the point, though. The point is abundance is natural, but you guys aren't living in it. That don't make no sense. That don't make no sense. Don't make no sense oranges are smarter than you. Don't make no sense. Doesn't make no sense that oranges have no problem being abundant. And the reason why you are suffering finding abundance is because you keep not applying universal laws and you keep adhering to the system keeping you in poverty. Does that make sense? She said, I want to be orange. Okay. Listen, listen. Very important. Very, 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 very important. Listen to me because some of you are operating at a high level of awareness. I'm spitting facts. We literally, this is how, how crazy this world is. Okay. Now, nah, I'm not against capitalism. You know, go with the flow. You're going to get rich, I'm going to get rich. That's okay. I understand the rules. That's why I don't follow them. I understand them. When you understand them, and when you're winning, you don't have to follow them. That's how that works. So, I'll arrest you for grabbing an orange and pulling it down. As if it's not natural for you to grab an orange and pull it down. I made up a law to keep you in poverty. Now, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not here to fight against the law and stuff. I'm trying to show you something. I'm trying to show you that naturally, abundance is yours. And think and grow rich covers how to naturally get to abundance. And you can't get there fighting. You can't get there marching. You get there thinking. It's not march and grow rich. It's not protest and grow rich. It's not be, have an attitude and grow rich. It's not be petty and grow rich. Now, if you want to be petty and grow rich, go to politics. <laughs> That'll work there. Okay? <laughs> That'll work there. But other than that, <laughs> or a comedian, right? that, that'll work there. But you still got to think. You still got to think. My point is, abundance is natural. It is natural. Everything is growing in abundance, but you don't have access to it because you're thinking at a low level of awareness. So the power of thought is is powerful. That's why the book starts off this way, because if you're not thinking in a level of abundance, you're only getting prosperity. I mean, you're only getting poverty. But you guys have to stop lying to yourself and you have to stop coming up with pretty words to disguise poverty. If you're broke, be broke. Admit you're broke, put your mind on abundance. We trying, no you're not, no you're not, no you're not. Because trying is succeeding at failing. Write that down. <laughs> Try, trying is succeeding at failure. That's all trying is. There's no trying. And every time you say it, you are successfully failing. Because you're telling your subconscious, hey, don't succeed, just try. And so listen, get close enough, brain, and as soon as we see success, go ahead and blow it up for me. 
you're successfully failing. You're not trying to win. You're not trying to fix your marriage. You're successfully messing it up. Think and grow rich. Think and grow rich. So I want to point out something. I want to point out something that is immaculate in your hearing. It reads as follows on page 15. Right where you guys were. I'm sorry, page 14. The, at the bottom of the page, pass italicize. The last sentence says, because we have the power to control our thoughts. Page 14, right under the subtitle. First paragraph, last, be part of the last sentence. Because we have control... Over our thoughts. Page 14. Under the italicized. You see a subheading there. I forget what it says. We have the power to master your faith. First paragraph, last sentence, B part. You have the power to control your thoughts. Listen to me. Stop being a victim. Your thoughts created your harvest. And if you have a harvest that you don't want, you thought it. Let me submit this to you. Your harvest is what you think of yourself. Okay. Your harvest is what you think of yourself. And since you can only manifest, manifest the thoughts that you have a burning desire for, your harvest is also what you feel about yourself. Your harvest is what you think of yourself, but since you can only manifest burning desires, your harvest is also what you feel about yourself. So look at your life. Look at your harvest. That's how proud of you you are. That's who you are. That's what you think. That's what you have. That's your level of awareness. That's your level of self-esteem. Now, if you don't like it, don't be mad at it. If you don't like it, don't spiral into depression. Plant your feet solidly and say, I'm not leaving until I get my 50 cents. Life is the uncle holding your money. Nah. You gonna let him hold it? Or you gonna whip him like that five-year-old? Thoughts made her be ready to die. Listen, you won't die if you're chasing prosperity. You'll get prosperous. But if you're chasing comfort, you would die well before you experience physical death. If you were chasing comfort, you would die at 29 and finally have a funeral at 89. And most people that you meet 
are truly one hug away from suicide. Truly. Some people, as soon as you ask them what's wrong, they, they can't hold the tears back. That was the one thing they couldn't take today. And they lost it when somebody cared about them. Some people haven't heard thank you in three years. Some people haven't celebrated their birthdays, not because people haven't said happy birthday, they forgot about their birthday. And I'm here to submit to you. They, meaning the people who's supposed to say happy birthday, forgot about their birthday. And I'm here to submit to you. Your thoughts, you control them. And if you control your thoughts, you control your harvest. And if you ever want to be prosperous, you have to own your thoughts. As long as you are a victim to somebody else's thoughts, you will always die in the harvest of your own. Let me pray for you, Lord. We thank you that we are receiving our harvest that we are moving forward faster, that we own our thoughts because our thoughts have power, not just our tongues. We can't speak something we haven't thought. We're here right now manifesting greatness. Guard our subconscious. Let not our subconscious Decide that we don't deserve what we desire. We must achieve greatness because naturally greatness is abundant. And so since the system won't give us what we want, we must be unnatural and think above the system to get what we were naturally designed to get. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. That is it. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world. Not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training. And I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions. $22 an hour. Paid training. And I couldn't find someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True. But it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter. And that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. 
As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if, the, if, it's, if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R E C. R U I T E R ZipRecruiter dot com slash B two B and I promise you you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter dot com slash B two B. It's also in the show notes.